0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Lean Tossup College Football Podcast, the sharpest college football podcast. This is week 10 of the college football season. We're getting there to the end. We're getting near to the end. Uh, we literally, about an hour before we started recording this, we got the first uh, committee rankings, the top 25. We're going to talk about a little bit about that later on in in, in part two. Uh, but obviously, some interesting parts about that. And obviously, maybe we'll touch on that a little bit when we do the recaps this week. Uh, but obviously, I am joined, as always, by my co-host at Metrics. How are you doing tonight on this Maction uh, Tuesday, Tuesday night?
1: Well, since our last podcast, um, my wife has tested positive for COVID. Uh. Uh, my dog, Tora, um, an adoptee, public service announcement, if you're going to get a dog, please adopt. Uh, he lost a nail and he's been hobbling around on three legs for a few days now. So um, part of the house is on the injured reserve list, and yet I am delighted to still be co-hosting the sharpest college football podcast.
0: Yes, well, I hope everybody will be okay there, but uh, but yeah, uh, some, some... that the dog's gonna be sidelined for a couple weeks, I think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, all right. So, part one: the dashboard. What just happened, and and what does it mean?
1: So, yet another uh, update on the special announcement that we had a couple weeks ago. You know, looking into the uh, executive action that was signed a couple weeks ago, um, it actually indicated that the embargo on Iowa is lifted if Iowa scored thirty points. Oh, okay. So we can talk about them. Wow. I mean, Not that really, we really want to. But no, you know. I just
0: it's just of note that they scored. Like I I like I yeah. do not want to talk about Northwestern Iowa at all. I just have noted that they scored more than 30 points. It's just like a wow.
1: It that's pretty much yeah, that was the reasoning behind it. So
0: offensive explosion.
1: It, for them, that was like a season's worth. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, aside from that, looking at what happened last week, uh and what we talked about, we mentioned uh after UCF had that horrible game against East Carolina, we said is UCF like the toughest team to get a handle on? um well yeah they proved it uh they beat cincinnati 25 to 21 and they did it as home favorites which i just didn't see happening at all uh a little more on them later but um man they are all over the map and they actually hit the top 25 in the in the football rankings too the playoff rankings
0: yeah no idea how that happened on both counts they they were down in that game they had to come back and score a game go ahead touchdown um
1: they gave up a late touchdown, too. And even after yes. that, yeah. They gave up a late touchdown
0: and they had to go, they had to run down the field and score another one because I remember they did win by four. So just kind of a very, uh, very up and down week, uh, or very up and down season for this UCF team. Again, I do not believe in their quarterback at all. That is yeah. just no belief. I'm sorry. I don't necessarily think they should have won Cincinnati. Maybe I'm biased because Cincinnati was a bet I made last week oh well uh but yeah that's definitely a little bit of a fraudulent getting into the top 25 but to be fair though like there's so few teams that i'm like yes that team is a top 20 like yeah. at some point you can't the top 25 can't be 10 teams like yeah these are the top 25 teams and there's 10 teams you can't someone has to be 11 or someone has to be 25 right
1: and- yeah like that problem we had at the beginning of the season we're after the top four it's like well who else really are we sure should even be ranked at this point there's only been about a solidification about maybe eight or 10 more teams after that. And then those last 10 of the top 25 are just whatever you tell week me, week. you know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was,
0: that was the, I think, I think I said that that same kind of quote in context of the top 10. Like, I think there should only be like four teams in the top 10, but like there have to be more than four teams mm-hmm. in the top 10. <laughs> yes. And like, so yeah, there have to, someone asked me 25 and I guess UCF beat Cincinnati. So sure. They're 25. Good job. Yep.
1: Yeah. Um, we asked last week, is Boise the most complete G5 team? Um, you know, all right, Colorado State's not great, but Boise just blew them out 49-10. to And I I kind of don't see who's a more complete team with them right now. This is from a Tulane truther on my end. I would probably favor Boise on a neutral field against Tulane. Yeah. Um. Uh, apparently the, the playoff committee doesn't think so, but maybe that second loss to... UTEP just as undoes everything that's, on, that's good on the Boise resume.
0: See, I, I, the thing of it is, I, I suspect, not completely sure, but I don't think the playoff committee sits down and looks at uh, different metrics in terms of like adjusted yards per play. like, like I don't think Correct. they look at the same stats we look at, right? So while well, we have the advantage of being like, yeah, no, Tulane's a better team, or Boise's a better team, they're like, well, but guys, Tulane beat Kansas State. Yeah. And then Boise State lost to UTEPs. So, like those matter. That like that matters a lot, guys. Like we can't. H- how can we? How can we have Boise ahead of Tulane when like Tulane beat Kansas State, guys? Like that's.
1: Yep. Yep. So, Resume versus metrics. I get yes,
0: it. This is, this is why. I mean, again, no. There no one here is. There's no people in front of the CFP offices wherever that even is, or there's a meeting or something. There's no one out front of them saying, "Bring back the computers." No one is doing that. But like this is, this is an example for maybe the computers were right. Maybe the computers had a point.
1: <laughs> yeah, I uh, agree. All right, next, I, I kind of went into the mystery of our, our much-picked-upon Jack Sapolek, the Western Mission quarterback. He was mysteriously uh, replaced with no reason that Google could locate for me by a gentleman named Trayson Bourget. I bring that up because when I was looking at the Arizona State game, in their great eight point win over Colorado. Condolences on the backdoor cover. Um yeah. I noticed that there was a record-setting quarterback for Arizona State named Trenton Bourget, And I I was wondering what, what's going on with this name? That is his his brother, and he is a walk-on for ASU. I think it's weird that you've got a Mac quarterback who was a scholarship guy who just stinks and his brother is somehow so good that he's sending school records at ASU. Um under a under a interim head coach nonetheless. His Q B plus is one sixty five for that game. Now granted Colorado's in a tough spot, but uh I can tell you for sure Miami Ohio's offense, uh who western Michigan played last is nothing special.
0: Yeah, that was uh <laughs> that was a brutal backdoor cover. It was an eighty eight yard punt return touchdown to to get it within I think Ten eight. or something. Yeah, eight. Yeah. Just yeah. rip. But I mean, yeah, it, it's funny like and that the uh I guess this is like this Burgay family. They're like a, a dynasty of like walk on players. They're like we're yeah. just maybe there's others. Like are we just gonna see like uh like in uh is, is it a Borgay gonna like I'm just trying to think the most random one, like Virginia. Like we're just gonna be like ah, new new Virginia tech quarterback uh,
1: Yep. Well, Derek Bourget. They have Trayson and Trenton, so I don't know what the next one would be. I so got I gotta, I gotta another, work on that.
0: I just it to be a T. Yeah, probably, Trevon, they had, yeah, Trevon. had <laughs> TR.
1: So yeah. Okay. Uh last week, my Undarnuzzi went to Mike McIntyre, FIU head coach. And what did he do? I love when this happens. He made me look smart. FIU wins as a six point five dog straight up at home. FIU is now four and four after being one and eleven last season. Um, in their last four games, I've got them with a twenty-one percent chance to beat North Texas, uh, sixty-eight to beat FAU, thirty-seven UTEP, and sixty-seven MTSU. It's about fifty-fifty that FIU could make a bowl this year. What a turnaround!
0: That's crazy, and I they're gonna be like they're gonna go to a bowl. And they're going to be like 14 and a half point dogs against like some random team that doesn't want to be there. It's going to be amazing. I like, I cannot wait to sit there exactly. on like. I cannot wait there to sit there on like December 21st. And like, just we're going to sit back, 8 o'clock Eastern, like some random bull somewhere. It's going to be great. It's going to be just this amazing bull game. They're going to be a 14. Like, Florida International going to be 14 and a half point dogs. Just going to like destroy someone like 35 to 10. It's going to be
1: awesome. <laughs> yes. Um, also in conference USA, I had mentioned that UAB is, was four and no in games decided by two or more scores. O three and three in games decided by one score and they lost by one score again, 24 to 17 to UAB. Um, they are consistent if nothing else.
0: They're, uh, they're, they're <laughs> conference USA, Nebraska, I think.
1: Yeah. Except uh, that
0: uh, – or no, there – is UAB – no, yeah, UAB Conference USA, not their Conference USA, yeah. Yeah. The thing of it is the only difference between them and Nebraska is that there's, like – there's no games where they win by, like, 14 or more. That's that's the difference between yeah. them and, and Nebraska. So.
1: <laughs> well, and UAB has been to bowls the last several years, too. Yes. Um <laughs> Um, our Heisman discussions, I pointed out that Blake Cora might be a good bet at 14 to one uh, Heisman odds. He ran for 177 yards in a big win over Michigan State. I'm thinking his odds went down to like 12 to one if I saw latest per my guy.
0: I, I've seen a couple places where it's come down a bit. For some, I'm just looking for some reason, bet 365 does not have Heisman odds live at this exact second, I guess, because it's possible that someone in the buffalo ohio game could just tear it up and just rock it up the the Heisman odds there. Uh let me let me find a site that has it live. But I I did see him come up a little bit on that. Yeah, there we go. FanDuel, they're not worried about anybody having a stand up performance in, <laughs> in buffalo, <laughs> ohio. Uh, yeah, Blake Corn. Oh, I've got Blake Corn four, 14 to 1, but I did see him okay. I did see him come a little lower on that. So I th- I saw him about 1000 to 1, a 10 to 1. So yeah, he, I I think his odds have increased though, but.
1: And then uh, also in the same discussion, you put you you point out you like Max Duggan. I think it was at fifty to one when we talked yeah. last week. My guy I think took him way down to like fifteen or so. You have any uh, for him?
0: Yeah, I I saw it much lower too. I've got thirty to one on Fanduel. So, okay. but yeah, he's def he's definitely come down too. Cause like, and again, their ranking the ranking that just came out. I mean, it, ha, it has definitely hasn't been a factor into the price yet, but like. That will help them. That's going to be able to be a help for them, right? That that'll yeah. be a positive sign for them. So I'm actually uh, I'm pretty excited for this. I think this could be. Uh, we could like I he might get a ticket to. Is it New York? I don't know. New York. It is yeah. New York, right? Yeah, yeah. He might get a ticket to New York. So we'll see.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. The finalists. That'll be a, something else to talk about at some point. Just I don't even know at this point. We can even say it was going to be like the other finalists besides. More about that later, but it'll be interesting to see who the finalists are. All right. Um, informing the narrative. So what did we learn from other games this week, aside from stuff that just picked up from what we said last week? Ohio State beats Penn State 44-31. to um, Everybody's saying what a tough game it was. Yeah, it was a tough venue. Um, I didn't see anybody say mention that C.J. Stroud actually threw for over 10 yards in an attempt. Penn State's a good defense, and that's a tough venue. Um, got to give him credit. Now, I didn't see the whole game because it was kind of uneventful for a while, and then at the end, it seemed like every time I was flipping back and forth, Ohio State scored again, so maybe that was a little skewed by the end of the game. Um, the other thing, got to point out, Stu Mandel of the Athletic, just, he, he just said it perfectly. He said, Sean Clifford setting the Penn State quarterback touchdown pass record after throwing the game losing pick six was poetic. Yes. So
0: true. <laughs> so, so this is the thing. So, on one hand, yes, Stroud's stats were actually pretty good, but like there was times in the game that Penn State was winning, right? And mm-hmm. this is the we talked about this last week. This was the first time that Penn State was at, like Ohio State was actually going to play a team that could compete with them, both on defense and on offense. And that happened. That finally did happen. There was finally a team that could come that was able to compete with them. And like, look, Penn State. Yes, 31 points. Not amazing, but definitely not bad either. Uh, it was funny that with the last... Because basically what happened was he, the game losing pick six, which that it was a game losing pick six, uh, that put them down by... I think that got them down up, up to two... They were down by two scores at that point. Then I believe there was like a fumble recovery. like So basically one guy on Ohio State, I can't remember his name. He had the game of his life. He had a pick six... A tip ball that went for an interception, a f- a strax, a-, a sack, and then a yeah. sack, a strip sack for a fumble that was then recovered, and then the next play was a touchdown. So, like, the thing is, if that guy, if you just delete that guy, <laughs> I think P- Penn State wins the game.
1: Okay. I mean, obviously, that's not how football just
0: works. Wave but... the
1: wand and just say he's not here. I, yeah, I but... didn't. I didn't know this is like a jury duty thing where we say, "Your <laughs> Honor, we're we're not going to seat this guy. He's too good."
0: No, but I mean, here's the thing, like. Here, the thing of it is, yes, this guy had an amazing game, but the fact that I don't know what his name was, I had never heard of his name before this game, means that well, he may he may be a perfectly fine defensive player. Like I'm not, this is not a knock on that guy. I probably yeah. find his name. He not was very highly on. recruited. Huh? Uh,
1: he was very highly recruited.
0: Yes, and and that's the thing. And I'm not saying he's a bad player, but like I I in my years of watching football, which is not many, but it's it's definitely a few. I've never seen a performance like that ever in terms yeah. of appearance on the stat sheet. I've never seen someone with a pick six, another tipped ball for an interception, a strack a, a strip sack, a, like I've never seen that much one player have that big of an impact on the game. And it's hilarious that it's against Penn State. And that, that was like that was the nail in the coffin for Penn State. But like, okay, they play Michigan in a couple of weeks. Can you do that against Michigan again? I I dare, do do that against Michigan. Do yeah. do the same thing again Fair. against Michigan, right? And like, yes, that's maybe not. And again, that guy could be fine. That guy could be a first, a first round draft pick, for, on the defense. It's not one hundred percent. That's totally fine. But I don't think he's going to be able to replicate that exact same game again. And, and this is no. the thing. Like, uh, Sean Clifford had three passing touchdowns, three interceptions. <clears throat> one of them was a pick six, right? Like, and it was funny at the end of the game when when they basically marched down the field, got because they were down by three scores, and they they went down, got a, a touchdown to get it within, within two scores. Um, the, the commentator on the game said, that touch, the touchdown is very meaningful for some people because that game <laughs> yeah. basically had that, that, that score let Penn State cover. Now, I was actually on Penn State, so it was, it was a very meaningful touchdown for me. And Penn State deserved to, to cover that game. And yeah. it just, It's important to note that like there was a universe in which Penn State won that game. Even Yes, okay, it's in yep. Penn State. And yeah, Sean Clifford played horrible, but like, there's a universe in which Penn State lost, won that game, and that is if you're an Ohio State fan or if you have Ohio State futures or CJ Stroud futures. Michigan's coming up, like, well, like I'm not like I'm not betting Michigan. I'm not betting Ohio State minus seven and a half or whatever. Like, I'm gonna be on Michigan in that game for sure. Yeah, and like. Be warned, Buckeyes. Like, that was... Like, yes, on, on paper... Like, and she just sure did have a really good game on paper. And it's just weird that... But a lot of times they did settle for field goals. It, it's weird. But then again, this offense can just strike fast. Like, turn of a dime, score a touchdown, right? And it's... It's a weird... It's it's a weird game they have. But, like, their de- Like, if your defense cannot shut down Sean Clifford effectively or has to rely on fluky kind of turnovers, like a strip sack or, like, a tip ball for interception, I'm concerned... I'm concerned about that team. So we'll we'll have to see.
1: I want to pick up that point, but in a second, just to go back to the crazy game that uh, JT, I think it's like Tulio Mollao or something like that, had. That was the, that was, nobody's had a game like that this century. And if you would, if you had said, name the one person this century that's had those stats that you just went through, I would have bet any amount of money that it was Ed Reed or Troy Polamalu. Those are like yeah. things that a safety does. The fact that it was a defensive end that did that is just otherworldly. So to your point, yeah, they had to have an otherworldly performance to not kind of just lose that. I'm going to read off teams, and I can probably name most of the quarterbacks here. Um, Bryson Buckner, whoever plays quarterback for Arkansas State, um, the Toledo quarterback, Graham Mertz, one of the seven guys that plays quarterback for Rutgers, Peyton Thorne, Spencer Petrus and Sean Clifford. Does anybody in that group even mildly concern you if you're going against them?
0: No, I think the most would be Sean Clifford. But like that's still relatively minor.
1: That's that, those are the quarterbacks that Ohio State have faced so far. (laughs) Yeah. It's so to your point. um, I mean, the rest of the way, Northwestern, Indiana, Maryland, Maryland, um, and Michigan, you know. It's going to be extremely different once they get in the playoffs, to your point. Or, it's not going to be like, oh, we've played Michigan, they're good. It's like, mm, totally different level quarterback they're going to be facing.
0: Or, or even Michigan, right? Like, even just against Michigan, Michigan has a defense, right? Like, Michigan. Yeah. And I think that Michigan didn't cover against Michigan State, and I feel like that's a little – deceptive because like they contro- they completely controlled that game I think at a certain point they're just like screw it. it was just kick field goals like I- they didn't care <laughs> like it was because the thing is you hold Michigan state to seven points right like that's that, that offense like had been okay It wasn't like a horrible offense like they've they scored a lot more points than that but like you hold Michigan state to seven points on defense that's that's really good right and I like they're gonna be the first real outside of Iowa that Ohio State has played and yeah. if they could shut them down and, and again, like I, I made this point to you, I wish I had made this point in the podcast before, but I literally said, I, I can make it now because we've, we've lifted the moratorium on Iowa. So I can actually say Iowa now, <laughs> basically. And, and at the point I, I messaged you, I think on Friday, when I said I'm betting on Penn state, mm-hmm. if, if Iowa was able to have two sustained offensive drives in that game, just two, two offensive, sustained offensive drives that went for a touchdown, that game's probably like 30, 24. They lose that game by like a touch. They lose that game with like by a score, maybe two scores, and that was the logic. I, I'm like, okay, can you like staple t- like is Penn State's defense about as good as Iowa's probably? And is Penn State's Iowa's is Penn State's offense a lot better than Iowa's? Yeah, it is. So if you can combine those things, maybe it's like within a score or two. And sure enough, it was within a score or two, right? So mm-hmm. like it's it's weird, and I think that. I I don't think this this is not a team that should feel safe. Right, I I think they do feel safe, and the betting lines are going to have to make feel really safe. But like they're going to have some problems, like against Michigan and you play Georgia, you play an actual defense. Now Georgia is his offense isn't great, but like this Ohio State defense is not stopping people. Like you you give thirty one points up to Penn State. What did um what did Michigan allow Penn State? Did they allow like seven? Yeah, was, I think like, it was
1: 10 or something. It they was they, it like,
0: was they shut them down. I think. I, yeah, I
1: think maybe they got like. Like, 14. I want to say 14 or 15.
0: Let me check. 17. 17 points. 17 yeah. points to Penn State, and then 7 to Michigan. So, basically, Michigan allowed half the amount of points of Penn State. Roughly. And, like, that's... That's a couple weeks' difference. So, like, yeah, this Michigan defense is for real. So, you... Like, watch out when... Uh, watch out for for that game a couple... Like, we're, we're a couple weeks away from that game. So this is just... Circle that. I mean, I'm obviously been watching the game anyway. It's the game, but yeah, that that could be Ohio State losing, and at that point, then there's chaos. Then who knows who's going to get into into college football playoff? So yeah. like that could be that could be a domino that just trips off a lot of a lot of insane dominoes.
1: we we'll, we're going to move on, but we're going to come back to that specific yes. angle in part two. There's yes. a very interesting conversation. Okay, uh, in the SEC, Arkansas 21 or 41, Auburn 27. Just bring this up because. This went over the total of 60 and a half with um, an Auburn scoring a touchdown with four seconds left that they really didn't need at all. Awesome. One of my my first two overplays of the year, so I had to mention that. That was just fantastic. Um, Oklahoma 27, Iowa State 13. Bring this up because mm-hmm. Iowa State's defense is really good. I have them 10th overall at a plus 7.5, and that defense is on nobody's radar. I haven't heard a single person say, hey, look out for them. You know their defense, their offense stinks, but they're tough to score on. Um, Oklahoma had only twenty points and three hundred and thirty yards, four and a half per play, um, and it was the Dylan Gabriel Oklahoma, not the horrible backup Oklahoma. Um, Louisville crushes Wake Forest, and UCF beats Cincinnati. We talked about a little bit. I just I paired these together because they're by far the two most unpredictable teams. They're hardest to get a handle on. It's weird that they actually played each other. You know, we went over UCF season. Louisville actually played UCF and somehow won. Um, they they beat Pitt. They beat Wake Forest. They got blown up by Syracuse at the beginning of the season. They lost that game to Florida State, which I don't know. I still don't know how they lost that. That was just weird. I don't, don't know how to call it. It's not a sad loss. It was just puzzling. And then they lost at Boston College. I just, just the craziest, I don't know. These two teams, it's just, I almost kind of want a rematch in the bowl game between these two just to see what on earth would happen. That'd be some weird alchemy bowl.
0: Yeah, that was... Again, I, I was on Louisville. That was crushing. Um, again, what was it? Like five interceptions or four or I don't even... Some ridiculous amount of interceptions. There were
1: six turnovers in a quarter.
0: Yeah, just some <laughs> insane and it's just like... Like, that score was not reflect. Like, the, the stats are not reflected what that score should have been, but it yeah. happens, right? That's college football for you, so...
1: Yep. Uh, TCU beats West Virginia, 41 to 31. Bringing this up because TCU threw a 20 29 yard touchdown pass on fourth and one with 20 seconds left. I don't know if you saw that.
0: I did not see that. No, that's kind of yeah. insane that they even did that, though.
1: Uh, well, that actually got them the cover. The, the spread was, I think, eight in that game and that got them the 10 point win. And so serious superior late game point spread awareness and management by Sonny Dykes. That's why we love him here.
0: Yeah, Besides from so the great
1: job he's done at TCU, that's that, just like next level stuff.
0: And that is a lot. That's a that's superior late game awareness there by uh, by Dykes. That's that's pretty like, like uh, you know, obviously when when they look at like when they investigate people in sports for like like either shaving points or like inflating victory margins, of victory to cover spreads, like that's got to be up there, right? Yeah. Like, well,
1: I think there's two things in play. Um, one is. It was fourth and one in there. I think they were at first trying to go for – to get the other team to go off sides, and they got him to jump. And instead of just, like, snapping the ball and downing it, they just said, oh, free play. <laughs> they threw it in the end zone. Free, free um, touchdown
0: attempt. Oh, we scored. Oh, yeah. uh, okay. <laughs> Which
1: brings me to the second point. I don't know if you remember Iowa State-Oklahoma last year where Iowa State, like, as time expired, they called a timeout just to kick a field goal at the end of the game and Lincoln Riley was a upset about that. And Matt Campbell said, if you get down to enough tiebreakers point point differential is one of them. So maybe that was a play, although, you know, they're comfortably. Well, of, the thing the it take it it a big, lot for them not to make, make the big 12 title game.
0: Exactly. But the thing is with the big 12 is it's so, because there's no divisions. It's so weird. Like, yeah. I mean, obviously they're probably, if they keep winning out, they're probably a week or two, but like, you can see something where it's like, oh, they lose, and then all of a sudden, like, they lose two games, and all of a sudden they're not, they're, they're like, in fourth or something. Like, it's, you could see a weird mix of things happening, so. But, yeah, that, that's kind of funny. That's, that's definitely superior game point spread awareness. Yes. <laughs> Few coaches have that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. Three games here just to tell you how awesome the ACC is. Uh, the first one, I'm just going to give you a score. Miami 14, Virginia 12, and four overtimes. We'll revisit that in, in part two. Um, man, just rough that, watch. That, that
0: that that's how college football was meant to be played. <laughs> yes,
1: I I think I tweeted that Brian Ferentz and his dad Kirk were watching that game nude. Um, <laughs> UConn thirteen BC three. Um, Zay Flowers, one of the best, if not the best, receiver in the ACC, had two catches for thirty five yards. He had two muffed punts. He dropped what would have been easily the tying tying touchdown pass in the fourth quarter. You look back at BC's uh, resume, their only wins are against Maine and against, you know, psychotic Louisville, who was off their meds that day, I guess. Um, Man, so those two games just just really just just paint what a horrible conference the ACC is and just— also in the ACC, UNC beats Pitt 42-24. to 24. Um, They've basically sewn up the Coastal Division. It's They just have to win one more, and I think they've got it wrapped up. They're way ahead. They're only giving up, and I'm not a points-per-game guy at all, but they're only giving up 23 points per game in ACC play. Now, my metrics still haven't been stinking, but that's clearly some kind of improvement. Um, that's much better than giving up, what was it, 61 or 62 to App State? Um, I don't know if they fixed something, but God bless them. They only have one loss. And I was asking the question, does UNC, that ticket at plus 1,800 to win the ACC, have life? It's down to plus 550 with my guy. So, you know, I think I've got that like a coin flip too between them and, and Clemson on a neutral field.
0: Yeah. No, I – yeah, I the thing is, and again, we're going to talk about more Clemson. It's going to be a very long rant about Clemson for me in in the, in the second half. But yeah, we are we are all uh, North Carolina fans. We uh, we we need North Carolina to, to beat Clemson and save us from 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 Clemson being the, like the most fraudulent Clemson team ever from being in the college football playoffs. So yeah, we uh, we need UNC there.
1: And just to wrap this one up, Pitt. Um, hey. Shout out to all you Pitt fans who were telling me before the season that Keaton Slovis and this new blank uh, slate of whatever or offensive coordinator and um, the all the guys that are great, they're going to replace Jordan Edison. You wouldn't miss a beat. They have one conference win. So hope you guys are enjoying that out there in Pittsburgh. Congratulations. Um, and lastly, um, going back to – our guy Jerry killed New Mexico state, New Mexico state beats UMass 23 to 13, which I think was the runaway sickos game of the week. Um, two quarterbacks for New Mexico state, who of course we've all, we've referenced both of them already, especially after that week, zero very thin slate, Diego Pavia, seven of 12 for 194 yards, 16 per attempt, Gavin Frakes, seven of 13 for 29 yards, just over two, um, <laughs> It's like these guys aren't even playing the same game for the same team. I don't know how that can happen.
0: Yeah, it's like one of them is playing shot put and the other one is playing
1: uh... (laughs) blindfold shot put. Yeah. Um, New Mexico State though gets three wins so far, which is above their total. Jerry Jerry Kill, I love the guy. Great coach. Congratulations to him. All right, market intelligence. This is where I need you to keep me honest in some of these lines. This is based on um, the circa opening lines and my reactions to them. Uh, Ball State getting four at Kent State with a total of 65.5. Um, this is telling me that the, that, that market still thinks that Kent State D is just truly horrible. And I think this one's in progress as we're talking.
0: Yeah. So this closed at seven. I was eyeing it at seven. I actually really liked Ball State and did not pull the trigger on that one. I pulled the trigger on the other one. Um, I pulled, I pulled the trigger on Ohio. Ohio is up 24 to 10 at the half. So that's working well, but ball State has a twenty to thirteen lead in the third quarter, so good call, but and it could have been two and oh right now, but you know you sometimes a no play is perfectly fine too
1: yeah, and ball State's got almost three hundred yards just early in the third quarter, too, so yeah, Jesus state, state defense still has some work to do uh Air force and army total of thirty eight and a half um you know both D's they truly practice against practice against the triple option all the time. So that's why that number is so low. Definitely not anything to bet Western Kentucky, um, giving 15 at Charlotte, but the total of 73 and a half. Um, this is telling me that the, the issues that Western Kentucky had on defense last week, which kind of seemed out of nowhere. Um, they seem to kind of be for real. Now, Charlotte had a good offensive game against rice. Um, but my gosh, they're projecting that the losing team in this one's going to have almost six, almost thirty points. Um, I don't think Western Kentucky's popping up on my grid this week, and I'm going to be really concerned. I don't know if they have an injury or something, but their defense is something to keep an eye on if if they don't get it fixed real quick.
0: It is sixteen and a half now, um, with the total of seventy two. So the totals ticked down a bit. Western Kentucky's ticked up a bit. Okay. Um, but yeah, Charlotte is just not not good at all.
1: No. Uh, BBMI brand based market inertia, where I think the market is slow to react. So, circa opened Ele- Illinois at minus ten, hosting Michigan State. I think that's up to like seventeen now. It's like sixteen.
0: What happened? Did like, oh, was this is this based on like suspensions or?
1: I think it's just a misfire. I've got this. Um, I didn't check what you have it at, but I think I've got this at like a. I think I've got like like a 19 point difference or something like that.
0: I had a huge difference too and I'm like that seems wrong. I'm not going to I'm not going to touch it, but Yeah, let's see. I've got I had 12. I had 12. So I had more than the 10, but slightly less than the 16. But I'm not trusting this Michigan State.
1: Team. No. There's no reason to. Yeah, I've got Illinois 19 points better at home. So um texas at kansas state pick and actually texas is favored now i believe i think i got kansas state plus two and a half so my Uh, my my impression is actually even further against the market with subsequent action
0: yeah texas is favored by two and a half my model weirdly likes texas i don't know why i don't follow it down that uh down that rabbit oh no i do no i have kansas state minus two and a half so i actually do have kansas state favorite there Okay. Uh, yeah, but my model, Kansas, is also down, too. Um, especially the other one, Kansas, Oklahoma State. I think that was three and a half at one point. It sounded to two. Well, oh, maybe is, um I wonder if um, – what's his name? Jalen Daniels is back.
1: Might be, yeah. Um, I think, you know, last week I did the deeper dive on when I say that's what Sark does, just what does he do. And specifically the weak point in a pretty weak resume – are the conference road games, and we had actually said, "Oh, at Kansas State and Kansas, let's keep a, an eye out for both." Well, here's one. So, aside from the model, which my model loves Kansas State here, um, every intangible is in favor of Kansas State as well. Um, lastly, Arizona Utah. I don't. Is this total still sixty-two and a half, and Utah about eighteen? Ah, uh, let me see. Is this yeah seven, Arizona plus seventeen and a half and sixty seven is the total sixty seven mm-hmm. okay that seems more like it my, my first impression was I couldn't see you know Arizona being held to twenty two by Utah I know Utah's a tough place to play um, you know sneaky non headline story is Utah's defense is not that great this season you know it's not like they're bad but they are definitely I don't see them as typical. Um, Kyle Whittingham level good defense. I've got them at boy at basically an average Pac-12 defense this season. Um, so, you know, who knows if Arizona has any any oomph left after really giving all they had in that tough tough loss to USC. But man, if they bring like two-thirds of that effort that they had and they bring that again, they I have a hard time seeing them scoring less than twenty eight. Yeah, um, in that venue.
0: And that Arizona offense is really good. Their defense is not good, but their offense is actually pretty good. So
1: yeah. All right, my top QB plus. Um, we've had a lot of ins and outs, so I just wanted to reset the top ten real quick. Um, one through ten: Hendon Hooker, C.J. Stroud, Drake May, who continues to just improve and improve and get better um, metrics. Number four, Grayson McCall of Coastal. Number five, Dylan Hopkins of UAB, although he's out now. Uh, six, Max Dugan. Seven, Todd Senteo, JMU, who has been out for a while. I don't know if he's back yet. Then we have Dylan Gabriel, Kelly, Caleb Williams, and KJ Jefferson of Arkansas. My bum list. Um, I don't know if we mentioned this guy, but he's number one now. He might have just snuck in just doing to become ineligible enough. That's... You know, I don't know when these guys' names for the most part—they're all new to me. The first time I bring them up here, E.J. Warner, um, the Temple quarterback, number one. So we've we've kind of cited Temple as just being in a in a rough spot this year, and great place to debut, right at the top of the charts. Congratulations, yeah. Mister Warner. Congratulations, Temple. <laughs> uh, my top receivers. I bring this up this week. I've got. Um, I always like to bring up where there's two guys in the top, whatever um, this week, Jacob Cowing, who we've been on since the beginning of the season at Arizona, Dorian singer. I'd never heard of this guy before until he just popped up this week. He had some amazing catches against USC, you know, a, a brilliant one hander for a touchdown. So Cowan's 11 and singers 13. And just, you know, kind of calling back to can Utah hold uh, Arizona to under 28, you mm, you know, Utah's past defense has shown some vulnerabilities to be nice about it. So I think you know we could see a lot of points in that Arizona Utah game. USC update. So USC wins 50, 45-37 at Tucson, um kind of close. Buck but, but metrics had this 47-31. Uh, undersold Tucson or Arizona a little bit. Caleb Williams, what we just talked about, is eighth in QB plus. His QB plus is 142. The offense is also eighth in all of FBS at a plus 10.6. Um, they did this without Jordan Addison and Mario Williams, our top two receivers, so they've both dropped out of my top uh, top top 100 receiving metric. The defense is down to a plus 0.6, uh, 57th in FBS just a brutal day. <laughs> just defense technically showed up but not really. Um they got some pressure but man they could not they could not bring down Delora at all. Um does not bode well for when they play uh, DTR and UCLA. That could be really a challenge. Uh that tough game and then UCLA's easy win over Stanford brings USC to second overall in the Pac-12 behind UCLA. Uh, USC 12th um overall in F- in the FBS. Looking at this week, um, I had I, last number I saw was USC giving nineteen and a half to Cal. I don't know if that's still. uh let me see. I I
0: think it did twenty one
1: and a half. Oh wow! Okay. Some I had point, that's, it... At some point, yes. that's too,
0: that's disrespectful.
1: Yeah, I, I was about to say. It sounded like you were going to go on the, the disrespectful lineup uh, path. Yeah. In the preseason pod, I had this minus 12 and a half. And um, I think that was a little belief in Jake Plummer and, or Jack, Jack Plummer, pardon me. And also, um, just the paranoia I have about Justin Wilcox channeling his inner Matt Campbell for one game a season and really making Caleb Williams miserable. I still think that could be the case. Um, but Kel's defense has not been nearly as good as a typical um, Justin Wilcox defense. They're actually exceptionally average. I have them rated as 0. 0.0, which makes them 63rd in all of FBS. Um, and as has been the case for quite some time, their offense is struggling. They're actually 84th in FBS at minus 2.6. Um, they do not move the ball. I still think there's probably some kind of a defensive effort coming from Cal. My model has this 41 to 23. So my model's a little more... I'm gonna say bearish on I'm, I'm gonna get it confused here. My model likes the bears more than the market does. I'll put it that way. And it has above the total of fifty nine that I saw.
0: One thing I will say is that that like that Cal upset streak that appear apparently only applies to when Cal plays Washington. <laughs> it does not seem <laughs> to apply to uh the thing of it was though in that game, 'cause I, I was on I was on Cal in that game. Spread Buddy Line got the cover, didn't get the the outright though. But like, they just, like, when when you're on Cal, like, I I think the 21 and a half is disrespectful, but at the same time, when you're on Cal, it means you're going to be sitting there at some point in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. just praying for a touch, a covering touchdown. You're like, just cover this, only lose by 18, but, it, like, that's the thing, right? And it's like, yeah, it's disrespectful, but do I want to put myself through that emotional baggage of being up, and yeah. I think this is, this game is, win. this is a late game, right? Uh, yeah, it's a 7:30 Pacific. Can, I do not want to be sitting here, no. at 2 a.m. on Saturday, <laughs> being like, "Please, person who quarterback who I have no idea who you are, please randomly pass it to some no-name wide receiver to get a coverage." Like, please, like, no, I'm not doing that. No.
1: Yeah, no, and it, it's it's not just rooting for a late quarter or late touchdown. It's a very late, very improbable touchdown too.
0: Yeah, because it'll be like, <laughs> oh, here's a hail mary from like 40 yards out. <laughs> Yeah, not not fun. That being said, uh, we'll have to see when the Lions come out. But uh, the, the last week it was so funny because the the line was like Caleb Williams over two and a half passing touchdowns, like minus one five. Just like instantly, ha- I hammered <laughs> that. I'm like, against Air- Have you seen Arizona's defense? Have you have you literally watched a moment of Arizona's film this entire year? Two yeah. and a half, like it basically even money, minus one of five. That was insane. Covered it with like within like. First quarter, I think, or like yeah, the second, like it was, it was very, it was like not in, never in question, never in question. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, that's the.
1: I mean, yeah, especially when when it's
0: 45, 30, you 30, better hope one guy's over three to passing touchdowns. But yeah, yep. so yeah, yep. USC very good team. They are randomly pretty high in the in the rankings that, so far. They're in their top ten in the college football rankings. Um, so not completely out of it, but not great, but. Still really good for year one with, with Lincoln Riley and King. Oh my Williams. god, yes. Yeah, yeah. Just amazing.
1: And a lot of games to be played still too. Yes. <clears throat> uh my future's bets. Unfortunately, none of them cashed this week, so we don't have um anything to rival that awesome northern Illinois um fight song. But South Alabama, San Diego State, and Tennessee, uh respectively, over, under, over, all move to worst case pushes. So um don't know if we'll be playing Rocky Top next time. Um, but those are all on the verge. Liberty is on life support, going under. They've just been way better than I expected, unfortunately. Uh, club hot seat. So obviously, <laughs> Brian Harson settled his bill and was shown the way out in the service entrance. Um, you know, we had said, I'd mentioned that. Okay, they don't have an athletic director, and they have a bunch of assistants that are from Boise. So, they hired an athletic director, and that was his first thing to do was to fire Harson And and I don't know, said that too. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) Uh, I don't know if you saw who else he left. There was like four assistants, all the Boise guys. So, it's kind of rough when you do that. When um, Clay Helton took over at SC. He let a bunch of, of the of the staff go too and I think they only had like four assistants and they just promoted a bunch of like analysts. Um so yeah, Auburn could be in a really tough spot.
0: It's the thing is with Brian Harrison, it's so funny. Like you're like, oh, man, he got fired a year and a half. What was his horrible crime? It was just, like, not being good. Like, that was, like... And, again, ob- obviously everybody at some point gets fired for not being good, but, like, a year and a half? Really? Like, it's just insane how fast we went to, like, this is over. <laughs> right? Like, like oh, may give him some time to develop. Like, nope, he's gone. Right? And, and this is the thing. It's crazy. Now, the name that I saw, because I think... Isn't the the guy they hired to be athletic director? Is he the, He's he's the one who hired Dan Mullen. Right?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, he, I don't know if he hired Mullen. He hired Leach. I don't know if he's been there for that long. Cause like, I think Ross. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna screw it up. I'm not gonna guess. Yeah. Because like
0: I, I've seen like, I, I've seen like uh, Dan Mullen, head coach of Auburn, and I'm just mm. like, please, like, just please, like <laughs> I. Then we get to bet against Auburn because like Dan Mullen as, as head coach of Florida was so predictable because you could see Florida is about to lose his game like miles away. Like I could see it. Maybe it was like a unique talent, but like there was times last year I'm like, they're gonna lose to this Missouri team. I'm not gonna bet on it because I'm like I'm vaguely a Florida fan, but like they're gonna lose, and like sure enough they did lose, right? So like now when it's Auburn, I'll, I will have zero sip like it will be like, yeah, they're playing Missouri. Hell yeah, Missouri! Like let's bet everything, Missouri! Like I will do that. Like I'm not gonna do that for Florida though. So, but yeah, like yeah, if it, if it's Florida, oh man, I mean, if it's if it's if it's Dan Mullen, Mullen, oh man, that's just gonna be it's gonna be great. Right, I haven't right
1: seen his name. Yeah, I saw um, a couple
0: places, but we'll see. That oof. would if they do that, that would be absolutely insane. Like it. I mean, the thing is, there's a lot of parallels between college football and the SEC, and then between college football and the EPL in, in the English Premier League and in, in in the UK. And, like, if you if you do this, you basically... If you bring back Dan Mullen, you basically, like... Because in the EPL, they have, like... It's very easy to get fired as a coach in, in English soccer. And, like, a lot of these guys just shift around. Like, someone gets fired, and they're like, okay, well, let's bring in someone. Okay, let's bring in that guy again. It's like, well, he sucks. And then he does suck. And they're like, okay, well, let's fire him. Like, it's just... It's literally just people are just shuffled around, right? And, like, if, if, they, if Dan Mullen... Like, if Dan Mullen comes back a year after being fired from Florida for being horrible, like, you just cement the SEC as the EPL, which is hilarious, but...
1: Well the good news is those Auburn fans tend to take things like bad coaching hires really well so I don't think it would really cause many problems there.
0: Yes. The thing <laughs> of it is for, for the SEC like if there is a region of the country that would hate being compared to England the most it would be the SEC. Yeah. So like if this does happen we got to get this trending. We're going to have to be like we have to be like ah oh, this in this week's EPL matchups we've got Florida versus Georgia like we got to start like they will hate that the most so like we'll have to do that then.
1: Yeah, I, maybe we just, like, just call them, like, I don't know, who's a really defun- dysfunctional EPL? It's like...
0: Well, it was a little bit Arsenal, but they f- pulled it together, maybe Manchester United.
1: Okay, there's, there we go. There's yeah, probably a, there are probably Auburn a, United. There, there we are go.
0: probably a lot of parallels between Auburn and Manchester United. There are so many. Oh my god, there are actually a lot of parallels. Wow, okay. Maybe they're, Yeah, you know what, That's, their name's Auburn United now, there you go. If, they, okay. if that's only to bring back animal, if they do, they're a hundred percent Auburn United. <laughs> okay,
1: done and done. Okay, do you have uh, a Narduzzi or two?
0: Um, let me I, let me think about this. Uh, I don't know. There wasn't really wasn't a lot of upsets last week, really. Uh, let me see. Uh, do you, what are your Narduzzi's? I'll think about mine. Give me a sec.
1: So I'm going to take the easy one. Um, Jim Mora Jr., UConn. Um, you know, they beat Boston College. They beat him legitimately. When I was looking at this, um, I think they're three and five now or four and five. A couple of things that are interesting. Um, <clears throat> every one of their losses, how do I put this? I was looking for have they just gotten lucky? And every loss they had, they were outplayed, and they were expected to lose based on my metrics. Every win they have, they basically were expected to win. So there's none of this Northern Illinois magic from last season that's gone to UConn. They've legitimately won every game. And remember, they played Utah State very tough at the beginning of the season, and they lost like three really important guys for the rest of the season in that opener, and he totally rebounded. Um, I've got them at a 40% chance to make a bowl, which is – I think even more impressive than the FIU comeback, because Connecticut was, I mean, they were like by far the worst team last year. And people were literally the beginning of the year. People were thinking, wait, didn't Connecticut go FCS? Yeah. Um, so great job by him. The other one is a little more on the, you know, in the national dialogue. But I got to give this guy and a Narduzzi. You know, before the season, you and I were thinking Michigan would take a step back. They lost a lot. They lost a lot on the field. They lost a lot in the coaching staff. And, man, they're undefeated, and they're for real. Um, you know, Jim Harbaugh still has this knack for putting a governor on just how good his quarterbacks can be. But, man, um, this is a really, really, and I think kind of under the radar job just because they were so good last season. I don't think people really appreciated how much they were losing and really the big step they, they could have taken back this season
0: yeah i actually i really like that for for jim harbaugh that's really good uh i think i'll give mine uh to uh what's sec i i'll give mine to uh the the head coach of of t c u uh by uh, sony dykes i'll give i'll give him that for for the late game cover that I, I knew that cover <laughs> yes. i i had t c u minus six and a half so i'll i'll give him i'll give him that for that one but yeah also jim Harbaugh, hundred percent for uh for Jim harba good. They've been really good this year, and we've we've talked about them a bit. And yeah, I' uh, we're gonna be on them in a couple of weeks. So let's let's, yeah, really. If if they beat Ohio State, hundred percent giving it to them then as well. But yeah, for now, we'll give him one for just kind of the whole body of work of the of the year so far.
1: Okay. Um, the G5 New Year's Bowl bid. Um, so now that we have the college football playoffs, just to kind of use their data, so they had Tulane as the top uh, G5 team, and then they actually had UCF in the as the second. They didn't have Coastal ranked, even though Coastal is one of only two L one one of only two one loss teams. Um, I've got the Sun Belt still about a point and a half better than the American, and that's not insignificant. Um, I think that the committee is probably baking some historicals into comparing Sunbelt versus American. Um, not happy about that. Um, I'll be interested to see Tulane's got a brutal schedule. Their last two regular, reg, regular season games are SMU, um, yeah, SMU, Houston, and Cincinnati. And then, you know, maybe a repeat against one of those in the championship game. I think that they can make it, but um going to be curious to see if there's some kind of weird mix of UCF losing again and Tulane not winning the title. Does Coastal get pushed up? Um, I also think it would be interesting if they did a supplementary top five of the G5, just to kind of let other, you know, to give a lot more of the G5 teams, just something to root for. It's weird. Just to incorporate it only in the top 25. I think that you could generate a lot more buzz for my G5. If you had a top five, um, it would, I I don't know who that hurts. I think, you know, the schools would love it. The networks would love to have something to promote for a lot of these G5 games. Um, they got to do it.
0: I I think, my, again, if we start seeing a 12-team playoff, which we are definitely moving in direction of that, then it's, because I believe the format they're doing are it is the top six rank, highest-ranked conference champions, right? So at that point, then, you kind of need to talk about because like, what G5 team is going to get in, right? And I think that's at that yeah. point when it's like, okay, then maybe we start ranking, we start seriously looking at the top G5 teams, right? Because one of them is going to make the playoff. Right. So.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. You need. I don't know if you need to do just like a ranking of of each of the conference. I don't. It's they need to do something more than just the top twenty five.
0: But see, like right now, and again, if you go on, right now. I mean, obviously, if you go on, if you go on ESPN right now, you see, and you go. Okay. Well, right now it's the World Series. So if you go to college football, you see a big picture of Tennessee, and then, um, like, they're they're talking about like. The top four, but again, it's always the same teams, right? there yeah. It's like Tennessee, Georgia, Ohio. Like they only talk about those. Because to be, be honest, when it's only a top four, only those matter, right? Like there isn't a lot. Like they're not going to like the, the headline isn't going to be Tulane, highest ranked G five. Like they're not going to do that, yeah. right? So this is this is the problem then, and I think, um, I, I think this is where you need to. Basically, I think what you need, you need to basically like once they expand the playoff, I think we're going to kind of see more of that appear more more naturally. So hopefully we'll
1: see more for that. Well, yeah, but even then right now, you only have two G5 teams that are both in the American. So we need some kind of gauge for, you know, does Coastal even know where they stand right now. Can they play their way their way into it? Are they next of the non-American teams. I think there needs to be just more because especially like you said, you know, when we get to that, those top six uh, conference champions, there needs to be some more rankings just to let these teams know, and then just generate more buzz who gets hurt with that. It's not like there's a limited number of of, of amount of bandwidth that we can talk about. Nope. Can't, you know, can't talk about the G five. Well, yeah, the the Lacey national people can't, but you know, there's a bunch of people like you and me that love this stuff. So, I hope they do that.
0: And I think college football is moving in that direction, right? Because as college football is becoming – and, like, college football is moving out of – right? Because how many times would we – like, Maction has obviously been kind of special. But, like, this year, we've started to see college football is taking over Thursday. They're putting more games on Friday. They're slowly working their way to get deeper into the weekend – again i think a i personally think at least a large part of that is because there are people like you and me and our viewers who are betting on this stuff right mm-hmm. like who like right now i have the 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 uh buffalo ohio game here and i on some espn i don't even know what is what ES, espn2 there we go it's on espn2 so i like how many people are like the, of the percentage of people who are watching this game how many people have a bet on this game <laughs> right like what percentage?
1: 25. Yeah. Pro. Yeah. I don't yeah, I don't yeah. That's like, not a bad guess.
0: That's got somewhere around there. Maybe a bit more, but like like how much of this is betting? How much is this people just betting on like any game that they could find or have a lean on, right? And that's propping up a lot of the viewership of this, right? And I mean I think when we start when we start getting to the point where okay one G five team is going to make the college football playoff, then all of a sudden those other games are going to start mattering a lot more, right? Because it's going to like suddenly you have excitement yep. like this weekend we have App State versus Coastal that game would matter, right? Like there's yeah. a lot of times games like that will matter where they wouldn't have mattered day before, and I think we'll start we will get more buzz for it. I think the first year they're going to do it they're going to basically roll out the exact same thing again where they're going to just have the rankings and here you go. And then I think maybe quickly after that, they're going to realize, oh, okay, well, people care about the the G5 stuff. Like, they they very clearly think that the pinnacle of this is having a show on Tuesday night and they release the rank. They clearly think that's the pinnacle of height of TV is this at this point. But I think they're very quickly going to realize that, especially when it's a 12 team, that like a lot more of those other teams matter. So we'll see, but
1: yeah. Well, yeah, and to that point, um, you know, it's great inventory for ESPN to chew up 15 minutes with g5 stuff and be able to charge you know charge for more commercials in that time too you well, know yeah, cbs they're... cbs draws out the march madness thing every year as long as possible just for the same reason why not do that weekly when there are you know there are more people that that compare how to say that care about that than the nonsense that they they waste at the beginning of every march madness bracket show
0: that's true well on the flip side of that right you talk about time like Tennessee, right now, they're the 1st ranked team, right? Now, obviously, all, there is a very clear path where Tennessee does not make the college world playoff, right? Mm-hmm. In a 12-team, aren't they basically a luck, right? If, if this year was a 12-team college world playoff and they yeah. lose to Georgia, they actually, that's actually the, the, probably the safer path is to, well, no, probably not. They probably make it, like, that, actually, no, they make it anyway right?
1: You, well, they would make it, but now you're talking about first-round bye, so there's still a distinct advantage with the 12-team format.
0: Yeah, but I think there's a lot of buzzes, like, oh my god, will Tennessee finally make it? And it's like, well... Yeah. But, like, at this point, it's like, they're one. Okay, well, then they're in. Right? They're done. Like, I, I think at that, if you have 12 teams, then at that point, then a lot of the suspense, because, like, every every time now, Georgia fans and Ohio State fans, they're going to be tuning in and be like, oh, are we good? Are we good? Are we good? Right? And then, I think, if you do 12... Then at that point, they're like, okay, well, we're good now. We don't have to care about things, right? So at that point, then you start talking about G5. You're like, okay, well, yeah, Tennessee isn't really moving out, but let's talk about, te- like, South Alabama, right? Like, stuff like that. So that's where this <laughs> starts becoming interesting. So I, I, we'll have to see. I'm actually – we do need more talk about the, about the G5 for for yeah. the, the CFB. And I think college football has, like, for years not really had a structure. Like, it's only been, what, 20 or so years we've really had one versus two. Which is so insane, by the way, that like for most of the... Yeah, 24
1: years. 1998 was the first one.
0: Yeah, like, basically, it took to almost the end of the 90s where people were like, huh, maybe we should have the top two teams play off to have a national champion. They're like, oh we should try oh, that yeah. and like yeah that makes sense right like the thing every other sport does we should try that and then it's like well how do you know these are the top two teams and we're like oh crap there
1: this, this yeah, yeah, they are that's big. the problem
0: there's the problem how are we supposed to how are we supposed to justify two sec teams as the top two okay well then let's make a top four it's like ah, oh, well how are you know those mm. the top four it's like god damn it all right fine then it's so 12 now <laughs> and like this, i mean i don't i think 12 is the right number i don't like college football is so top heavy that I think 12 is rough. Like, I don't think you're going to see much more than 12. Maybe you could see 16 at some time. I don't think you will, but like, I think 12 is, the, I think 12 is like the perfect number because like, this isn't, this isn't college basketball. Like, cause you can't play multiple games a week. Right. I think, I think yeah. at a certain point, 12 is the correct number. Like, so you could like, once you are getting to like the 13th team, I think you're like, okay, well they're going to get crushed by Alabama anyways. Right. So, but yeah. Yep. So it it's interesting and I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to to seeing as a 12th. It's not going to be next year unfortunately, but 2024 we might get our first 12 teams, so I'm excited for that.
1: Yep. Likewise.
0: Okay. I believe that is it for that's it for round for for part 1, right? You good?
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Alright, so join us in part two. We're going to talk about our doozies, our deep dive about the rankings that were just released, and then we're going to talk about our podcast plays.